Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Each episode, we discuss a different photography subject. With my co-host Terry, we just try to make sense of some of the things we love about photography and some of the things that we don't love as much. Come join us. Welcome to this episode of Photo Mission Focus. Um, Terry, our question today is black and white. Dead alive or still breathing life? Oh, I think it's still breathing a lot of life, to be honest. But I, I kind of think it's interesting, black and white. I mean, I, I grew up with black and white yeah. as a medium and you probably did the same. Absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, we were just talking to um, my son who's 17 and we just asked him, you know, what, what did he think black and white? And he asked, is that a filter? <laughs> Which it kind of is. <laughs> well, it kind of is today. There is, there is I think there's... My favourite filter for black and white is Inkwell, I think. On, oh, yeah. <laughs> on Instagram. There's a couple. There's a really muddy, murky one, but Inkwell's quite a good one. But black and white is one of those mediums that we shot um, for a few reasons mm. because, A, you could process it yourself, mm-hmm. which was a big advantage, mm-hmm. um, cost-saving. But I think the the value of it, I mean, you're a professional wedding photographer. Yeah. Um. Do you use black and white in your work at times? I do, yes. And I actually photographed, I think it was my third wedding, on three rolls of black and white film. That's the whole yep. coverage that I did. Yeah, 32,000 um, Ilford film, I'm pretty sure it was. It was amazing. Yep. Absolutely amazing. Um, but, yes, I still, still do use it. Um, sometimes I'll be taking a photograph and I'll, I can picture it in black and white. So yep. then I'd, I'd go back and I'd actually edit it as if it was black and white film. And I do use a lot of a lot of the film-based presets that do emulate um, the old Fuji and Ilford kind of film and yep. developing techniques. Look, I think look for younger listeners who may not have you know, had the um, advantage of shooting black and white film, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that you can do on a modern DSLR is is actually go into your picture style modes. And you can shoot in monochrome. You shoot you? in monochrome. Yeah. And I regularly shoot a lot of street photography and I shoot um, RAW and JPEG. Um, fortunately, I have two cards in the camera, but I will sometimes shoot so the back of the camera is monochrome. Right. And I do a couple of little things I do. I In those picture modes in most cameras, you can actually manipulate it. Yeah. So from the standard monochrome preset, which the camera kind of decides, mm-hmm. I'll change the contrast slightly mm. and I'll push the, the sharpness up just a little bit. It just yes. gets the look that I probably used to shoot on film. Yeah. So I think black and white is actually under – it's just underused today. Isn't it? it could be used more. Absolutely. I think it's it's – it's a really powerful um, version, I guess you could say, when you're using it because you're taking out your colours, you're potentially taking away a lot of distraction. So you're creating images that, that can really focus on on telling a story or you might choose where you want the focal point to be. Um, a lot of wedding photographers are still using black and white. It's a very very po- kind of popular tool for them to be using. Yep. Um, and it's it's really beautiful to see the tones that they're creating through their blacks and their their whites. So just to see the range in their their tonal tonal ranges that they've yep. got, um, yeah, it just it really just reminds me of kind of the the fiber based papers. You can emulate that digitally. Yep. 
And I think that one of the things is as as a storytelling tool, black and white is incredible mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can get a different level of feeling through the image mm-hmm. by using black and white that you can't convey in colour. Mm-hmm. I think you, you know there's too many distractions sometimes that your eye will be taken to you know something in the image that and you're trying to probably play that down a bit where black and white can kind of make that mold into the background. Yeah, I it kind of makes me me feel like it's a memory when I look at a black and white image. It's it makes me feel like it's a flashback as well, like it's a dream kind of state. Yep. Because I think there's some kind of notion that we we don't necessarily always dream in color. We can yep. dream in black and white from time to time. Um so I feel that it's a really powerful editing tool in that yep. respect. And and like I said, you know, I think it's under utilized and people don't kind of probably experiment as much Mm. and for those people out there who like to experiment definitely change the back of your camera so it gives you a black and white image so you can actually see it Mm. as you shoot because your details will change you'll you'll find different things in the image that that are yep and sometimes i mean sometimes i'll do it in post um Mm -hmm. i'll I'll take a shot but i'll actually know that i'm going to process it as black and white when i take the shot i'll look at and go this you know yeah. This, this needs to be black and white. Yeah. And particularly, I think, people. Yes. I love, you know, um, the right subject. Um, yeah. Just works beautifully in monochrome. Yeah, and it reminds me a lot of high fashion if it's photographed in the right way as well. I'm a big fan of, um, I think it might be David Bailey, his work from, from the 80s and 90s. Yep. Shot a lot of fashion in yeah. really high key kind of contrasting images, which yep. is really beautiful. And I think, look, you know, high-key high and low-key images work particularly good in monochrome, mm-hmm. sometimes a lot better than they do in colour that you see yeah. people trying to pull it off in some colour images. and It can look muddy. Yeah, some, yeah, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I think yeah. it's one of those things that you've, you've got to get the balance right. But, I mean, um, and there's, there's there's things now that emulate, you know, we, we talked about um, some before about, is it a filter? And there is yeah. there is filters that you can do. Yeah, back in the old developing days, we would use um, gradient filters. Yep. Which were like pink and yellow. One, one of the other interesting things you can actually do in the modern digital camera is what used to happen if you were shooting an outdoor scene with clouds. You put a red filter on the front. Yeah, of so the it was camera. like an infrared. So it might it emphasise the clouds. You got much more definition out of the clouds. Mm. In the modern digital cameras, you'll actually people might notice there's an option there to apply a filter so you can actually go into the camera settings and apply a red filter so yeah yeah Yeah. that only applies to the jpeg image that the camera is producing yeah if if you're shooting in jpeg and raw your your raw image will be as the camera saw it without anything being done to it Mm. but like i said it's interesting to play with those because you know back in the day you used to have these colored filters you screw on the front but you can digitally do that these days with dslrs yeah um, just to see the effect, and that's what people used to do. So, I mean, you know, newspaper reporters would have the, the shooting. A set of filters well, in their bags, yeah. A set of coloured filters in their bag, and they knew when to use them. Yeah, or well, we'd actually use them in the developing stage as well. Yeah. We'd actually be popping them through the um, the enlarger so yeah. it could increase or decrease the contrast. Yeah, my, my enlarger, I used to have my darkroom had a, a filter drawer. Yeah. So you could just drop in your Yeah, filters. and if you had a particular style, you would always use the same. I think mine was a 6A that I used to use in Elfin Filter that I'd snipped around the edges so it fit in the carriage. Yep, yep, yep. so yeah. you can just get that same look every time. I think I still have them at home too. Well, that was the great thing about black and white. I mean, I had a home dark room, which was 
easily um, achievable in black and white. Mm. Um, I did dabble in colour at home and that's a much more involved process. Challenging yeah. temperatures, a whole range of things there makes it quite difficult. More space. Yeah, 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 and the cost of chemicals and really it was the price of, um, you know, back in the day when, you know, colour processing was a big thing that it was actually quite cheap to get stuff processed in colour. Yes. Outsource it. Yeah. But the black and white stuff you could do. Yourself quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and definitely. I think, and you can learn something about photography. It did teach you a lot about photography. Um, just seeing those those images and how you kind of use it because... Black and white, like I said, is a great storytelling medium. Mm. Um, and like I said, it's underused today. And I'd kind of recommend people if they're looking for something to do, like a bit of a challenge to give themselves, go out and shoot a whole day in black and white. Absolutely, in different lighting conditions yeah. as well because you will notice things differently. You'll look at them differently. Yeah. And you yeah. can even shoot sunsets in black and white. Yeah. You get the right sunset. Quite beautiful. Great, great clouds. In there, and you shoot in black and white, it can take on a whole different meaning. Mm. And like I said, most people would wouldn't associate shooting something like that. The other thing too is, I think it's always interesting if you're kind of like that decayed look, you know, the old mm. stuff, broken, you know, buildings that are kind of dilapidated and falling down. They take on a magic look in black and white. Oh, they look like a little bit of a secret garden sometimes, don't they? Well, they do, but they they they. Sometimes they can make it look more creepy. <laughs> well, if you if you remember um, black and white films, particularly horror films, mm. yeah. So I mean that would you could by like, shooting those really dark, shadowy scenes where you didn't know what was going to pop out of the shadows. Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And look for the anyone who's like interested in street photography. I think street photography is another area where black and white really is a great tool, mm-hmm. you know, because you can you can look at a city scene or something and it strips away all the advertising, colouring and, you know, the McDonald's logo in the background. Yeah. All that stuff is all ripped out of it. So you can see what people are doing on the street. What, it's so true, isn't it? Yeah, it really does. It, it gives it a completely new perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite beautiful. So so would, would, um, would you shoot anything yourself personally in black and white or do you... I, I use it for my personal stuff sometimes. I just love it. I've actually been given some – so for my, my last birthday, a friend gave me two rolls of black and white Ilford film, which yep. I'm dying to get out and use. I'm just – actually, to be honest, I'm quite fearful that I'll ruin it. You know, <laughs> it's like this stuff is amazing. It's it's, it's last on earth. There's yeah, no yeah, and I've got these old cameras that are full of mould, which I think it would just make some beautiful images with. So, yeah, I'll – Maybe that's what but, I'll do this weekend. Oh, so the fungus in the lens, that's the new oh, new age filter. Hello, yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember doing that at university. We would use intentionally use fungus-filled cameras because yep. we loved how it looked. Or we would put scratchy paper on top of our paper. Or Vaseline on the lens? Oh, no, mine was hairspray. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I would put hairspray on my lens and then take the middle off with nail polish remover. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the things you do in uni, all those hacks. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we used to actually expose our images over crinkled up plastic to give it that older effect as well. Yes, yep. So many crazy techniques you do with your black and white images in the dark room. Yeah, that's right. And and we've talked about post production before, and and you know it, it's been going on forever and a day. But really, um, like I said, 
black and white. I reckon it's still got heaps of life in it. I don't think I don't think black and white will ever die. No, I think it's a, it's quite beautiful. And I yeah. think look, there's there's been a resurgence of film. You talked about those yeah. roles of film, and there's a there's a hashtag um, film not dead. Yeah, right. And it's about so a lot of people are actually discovering the cameras now. Like the and look, there's some great buys if you go to some of the you know op shops and that type of thing oh yeah absolutely you know there's some there's some high-end 35 mil cameras yeah. that cost an arm and a leg back in their day yeah i'm just wondering what sort of primes i've got at home for my old cameras <laughs> yeah yeah i've got i've got a couple of um bodies film bodies that I, I shoot with regularly um and i've got i mean i've only got primes from that's all i've got i don't have any zooms that fit them yeah nice just because the age of the bodies yeah. But yeah, so and typically, yeah, I think it's a, I've got to think a twenty eight mil and a fifty mil. Yeah, nice, really nice. Yeah, so I think that's it's kind of interesting. So I think it's one of those things that you know people, you know, can experiment with. They can have some fun with. But like I said, it just changes it, just changes, mixes it up. And I think and, it gives you a really good understanding of light as well. That's one thing I remember getting from the value I had from, from photographing in black and white. I had a better understanding of what light was and how that converts into colour. Yep. And the heat of light, I guess that's that's just an expression I would use because every colour kind of has a heat temperature associated yes. with it. So shooting in black and white, you really got to know how that would convert. That's right. And, so, and, and some of those subtle changes will just very simply blend into the greys in the background yeah. so, so you don't kind of see it as much. Yeah, and a really good example I think would be if you're photographing any fashion work in black and white, you may not be able to see the detail of like the eyeshadow makeup as much because it would photograph differently. It would, um, yeah, you would not necessarily see everything that you could see that was in colour. Yep. I know it's diversing a little bit, but what do you think of selective colour in black and white? It's a very old technique. <laughs> it's not one that I would use personally, but I yep. think it can be quite quite impactful in an image when it's you, used. You do see sometimes wedding photographers will drag out the image and the, the bouquet of flowers is Yeah, is col- that was really popular colour many and the, years and, ago. And everything else is in black and white. And that's, yeah. and that's you know, for people who might be wanting to dabble in black and white, you know, selective colour can work really well where mm. you just have an element of the images in colour but the rest is black and white. Yeah, yeah so you, you can draw, create some really incredible stuff by doing that. Well, you can just draw draw people to that particular part of the image or Absolutely. Just, just gives it a whole new feel that you couldn't do if it was all colour. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's alive, well and breathing and we're going to see it for a long, long time to come. I don't think it's going anyplace soon. No. Uh, so I think... Is there much more we can say about it? I just get out and have a play, I think. Get out and, and, and look. You need, Not just on your filters, on your camera. On your camera. And you need you need to go out and, and take those rolls of film out and shoot with them. Yeah, I might. I'll have to do a bit of a, bit of a street walk in the valley, but not like that kind of street walk. <laughs> with your camera. <laughs> with, with my your camera. camera. So, so um, we'll be interested. So um, when you do do that, you should actually... Um, I'll hashtag photo mission. Put the hashtag yeah. photo mission so we can we can have a look at some of your shots. I'll have to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Look Excellent. forward to it. All right well, then. Thanks, Terry. No worries. If you enjoyed this episode of Photo Mission Focus, be sure to leave us a comment. Or if you have an idea for a um the next episode, or by all means leave us a comment and don't forget to uh, like us on social media. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. If you enjoyed the show today, please leave a comment. Or if you have a suggestion for a subject for our next show, also leave that in the comment as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.